Bill is Parcells versus Bilicek. It's actually the Cowboys and the Patriots. That's about as close as the old pals would get. Not exactly midfield handshake stuff before the game. First quarter, third and nine. Tom Brady to Deion Branch, who is running free in the Dallas secondary. 46 yards. That's up a field goal by Adam Vinatieri. 3 nothing. Pat. Second quarter. Brady dropping back. And throwing it long to David Gibbons, who makes the catch and then puts a nice move on the rookie, Darren Schumann. Goodness, that'll get you a few extra yards. 57-yard gain. Next play in the drive after roughing the passer penalty. First and goal for the Pats. That'd be your rookie, Dan Klecko. He doesn't have to carry video equipment here. He's going to block somebody, so Antoine Smith can come in behind him. Touchdown, 9-0 Pats. The PAT is blocked. Would it come back to haunt? We shall see. Third quarter, 9-0 Patriots. Cowboys driving. Quincy Carter, little pass, little tip off Jason Witten, Ty Long. We are a nation of laws. We have to follow them. Fourth quarter, fourth and inches, and Troy Hamburg. Submarine by Teddy Bruschi. No inches. How about a few yards back? Ourselves not liking that. Later in the fourth, Quincy Carter. One more time, and Ty Poole is there to make the interception. Even in those dingy gray jerseys, it's like a bad, bad batch of laundry. The Pats win it 12-0. So there's your recap of that week's game in 2003, and we have been uh, taking our look back week by week by week, and we are now on regular season week 11, November the 16th, a 12-0 win over the Dallas Cowboys all the way back in 2003, Uh, and in my notes, Fourier did not start, although that really doesn't matter. Three catches for 24 yards in that one. Wow. And uh, a guy who played a whole bunch in 03. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline under the Friends of Fourier. And I will take a stab at trying to get this right on the introduction. Former New England Patriots offensive lineman Russ Hochstein with Gresham Fourier. Russ, I have no idea the proper way of pronouncing your last name. Neither does your good buddy and former teammate, Russ. So can you help us once and for all? Hoaxstein, Hoaxstein, help us out. Ding, 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 Gresh. You got it right. Unfortunately, uh, Fourier has never gotten it right. Okay, hold on. See, because uh, now we're off the Thank you, Russ. My question Good to, to talk to Russ again. I this know. Is great. I, my question to Gresh was like, man, I guarantee you, like, Russ is just such a nice guy. I've probably been saying his last name wrong for the last, I don't know, 20 years, and he's never corrected me, not once. So you, I've been saying it Exhaustion. wrong. I was exhausted. I was exhausted <laughs> from trying to correct I you. I figured as much. Day Boy, what a good guy. Day. Yeah. <laughs> and it was always easier to go as rough. It was just plain, simple, and easier. Yeah. That's why I didn't argue a lot with you, Christian, because you just wore me out. Yeah. I know. I have that effect on people, too. That, well, that is true. Russ, who was the, <laughs> who was the guy that – even if you wrote it down for him, which one of your teammates or maybe coaches that would get the pronunciation of your last name wrong every time, no matter what? Uh, got it wrong every time? Yeah. Is there somebody that just – because you know how coaches are, Russ. Like, sometimes they just can't get it out. That's why they come up with nicknames, because they can't ah, pronounce names. So, I, I was going to say, there had to have been one person in Russ's past who just never got it right other than Fourier. Uh, well, let's go to an old strength coach, Mike Wojcik, <laughs> who used to butcher it every morning. Christian knows what I'm talking about. He'd walk in at 6 in the morning to go work out. Mr. 
poke. And then he would pause and go, Steen, Stein. And he did it. And I would I would correct him every time, just like I did Christian. And again, it just got exhausting. But he kind of had a speech impediment, Listen, guys, though. He kind of had an issue talking yes. in general. <laughs> so we'll let that one he go. Did. He had a slur. Yeah, and I love one. Mike. Yeah. And he, he, did have a, he did have a little bit of a slur there. But uh, I just wanted to say, Christian, even ESPN got my name right. Wow. Did, so. wow. Listen, and listen, it's just, yeah. it was my thing. That's then it became a term of endearment. It was just like my thing with you. Look, I'm going to say <laughs> Russ's name wrong again. Oh, aren't we best friends now? <laughs> <laughs> Russ, we, we have. Uh... I just, hey, I got a question. All right, go ahead. Before we go, Christian, yeah. I just, I had a question. You know, they, Gresh read off the stats. Did you happen to catch a touchdown in that game in Dallas, or was it another one thrown to Brayball? I can't remember. Oh, see, this is how it goes. See, uh, you know what? This is great. All right. So, if this is what you want to do, <laughs> if this, I thought this would happen, Gresh, if this is what you want to do. You cannot bring on an uh, old lineman and not expect I, to get your balls busted. I wasn't going to bring up anything related to Nebraska or all their issues or I- even in the past or the, currently the in the present. In the 90s. Okay, real question Dominance before we get real. 90s, okay, Christian. were you part of the Nebraska pipeline? And if so, what actually <laughs> did that entail? I was part of the Nebraska pipeline. I was not part of the chemical pipeline. Oh, okay. That's what you're alluding to. Well, I, I don't know. I guess now I now it's defined. Oh, Thank you okay. very much. <laughs> I didn't I thought Fourier might have been going down the road of kind no. of how Nebraska got those players back then, no, you no, know, because no, no. Tom oh, Osborne totally different. Tom Osborne's one of the most outstanding human beings that ever walked the earth. Just don't ask how he, he got some Thank players. You. Yeah. Mm. Okay. There's the yeah. other. There's Thank the other guys. end of Thank all. Thank you. I appreciate. It. So oh, I man. sent you that highlight. Hey, what? I I have to say this because I, oh, I you no. you ha- there happened to be a oh, Colorado no. game on at one of these old replays not too long ago, and I couldn't believe the size of your neck roll that oh, yeah. you played with in college. Yeah. I know you were you were truly basically a tackle is what you are. You're I just mean, an extension of the O line. It's totally fine. Not, not to mention that I wasn't all American, but that's fine. All American as a tight end. <laughs> but no, I would get stingers all the time. Every time I hit somebody, I had a cowboy collar and what I would call a towel neck roll. So I was, and I still got them. So none of nothing worked, Russ. Nothing. Nothing. I, I, I also wore cowboy collar for a while because I also got stingers. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But I agree with you, Christian. But I, I just couldn't help myself when I when uh, you texted me the other day, <laughs> and uh, we we had to bring up the old Nebraska Colorado rivalry. I mean, when I was in college, it wasn't much of a rivalry. True. We ran all over Colorado. That's but, true. But but I know you had your glory days as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, 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 and our glory days actually, you know, kind of, you know, dovetailed together when we were both on the same team. And I sent you that highlight that we just played, and <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'm curious, like, just, you know, we're going to get into a bunch of different things, but just curious that week against the Cowboys, you were playing, starting, all this other stuff, play in and out and all that stuff. What do you remember about that week, coming off a of bye week, playing the Dallas Cowboys? All right. So first and foremost, I had to, to I had to look back on this a little bit, but you are absolutely correct. We came off the bye week, and I, what I remember the most is how quiet and grumpy Bill Belichick was for the entire week. And Christian, you know where I'm going with this. Remember how we always played the Jets mm-hmm. two times a year, and how grumpy those weeks were. This one was like on steroids going into that week because we had to bye week to think about it to what and and try not to over and reinvent the wheel during the week 
and then go into the practice week and get into that game and how quiet and tense everything was around Bill and all the coaching staff. Yeah, and it's because, if you remember, so Bill Parcells was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. and that's where the tension and grumpiness kind of started. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. So how much in the locker room – were you guys aware you knew Bill was grumpy? That's not exactly uncommon for a guy like Bill Belichick. But, you know, Russ, I'm curious, like when you went out for warm-ups, were people watching? Were you guys, I don't know, at all buzzing? Hey, did Bill and Parcell shake hands or anything like that? I'm curious. You guys were aware of it. But how much of it, maybe on even like game day and pregame, wasn't on your radar, even just to satisfy your own curiosities? I think, but I think as players, we, we you, you tune a little of that out. I, I really do. I I remember sitting next to Light, and we had a brief conversation. We're like, God, he seems really, really, really angry this week. <laughs> Light made the joke about Parcells, and uh, as we got closer to the game, um, you know, you, you kind of watch some snippets around on ESPN and all the news channels and things like that that people were talking about. But hell no, I didn't want to go out to warm ups to be anywhere near that. Uh, when the time came, I was, we just sat back and kind of watched everything happen. And, and uh, we kind of, you kind of knew some of the history of it. And as I've gotten older and we got out of football, I've watched some of the stuff on Bill and, and Parcells. And it seems like they've mended fences pretty good. But back then I didn't take too much. Yeah. I didn't think much of it other than it's a rivalry and, and uh, you know, a little bit of, of, of coach to coach uh, rivalry and, and kind of just left it as it is. So Russ, uh, at this point, what is your kind of role? I'm curious as to how you viewed, how you fit into things offensively and sort of how your role developed as the, as the season went on, almost like, you know, what, what were you expecting? And then what was kind of the way it went down in Oh three for you? Well, Oh three was, was an, a group was, an awesome year for me because I, I my rookie year was in a one, 01. I got I got drafted into Tampa Bay under Tony Dungy. Spent the year there, and then in 02, Gruden took over. And I about October, uh, somewhere in October, I got cut and released, and they kind of I yo-yoed a little bit, a couple weeks up and off the active roster. And then when the when the, the third time that happened, I got a phone call to come up and work out for New England in in, in 02. And I got, came up here, met Dante and, and everybody, and, and never really looked back. So then 03 was like a fresh start and kind of my first full year under the offense. And I had started in week four against the – I think it was week four uh, against the Washington Redskins. And uh, I was kind of the, the swing guy. I played left guard, center, right guard. I could play emergency tackle. And then it was interesting to see uh, – they were showing Coleco play fullback because another year after that, or later that year, I started moonlighting as a fullback and a heavy tight end, kind of like Christian heavy. Mm, tight end. There you go. Just a blocking tight end. Heavy light mm-hmm. tight end. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I, but I kind of came into that role and then, um, I played obviously through the playoffs in the Super Bowl run when Damon Woody went out, uh, real early in that Tennessee game. And, uh, you know, and that kind of set me up as a, as a swing guy for most of my career and, and I, like all players, I wanted to start every week. I loved playing. I loved starting. Um, but I think they always viewed my value as a guy who could who could fill a lot of different roles, and it would help keep um, our numbers good on game day. Act, you know, being active on a game day for positions. And uh, 
I think that's kind of where I, I made my niche and uh, I just tried to embrace as best I can. And, and I did want to play more like anybody, but uh, they, they had different designs than I did. So we're talking to Russ Hoekstein, um here on the 20 year. <laughs> <There> uh, <laughs> you didn't catch that. You Russ had didn't to catch it. You, yeah, that was Russ good. So you had it. to use my voice oh, yeah. to mention it because yeah, you're going to screw it up. <laughs> Hoekstein. I got it right. I got it right. Russ, um, <laughs> good job, Nikki. So, um, wait, 03 was the year when Warren Sapp jumped in, right? I want to make sure I got, was this the year that uh, Warren Sapp jumped on and questioned who you were and where you came from? And Do you remember that, or was that the the next year? Nope, that was this year. That okay, was this so year. I, uh... We tried to find some audio of it. We couldn't even find it, but obviously it was like, and I'm going to say it the way he said it. Who is Russ Hochstein? He kind of messed it up. He, he was did. disrespecting you from the beginning. So you hear that. Totally. What? Tell me the offensive line, Dante Skarnickia, the overall just attitude uh, as far as after hearing that, like how you felt and then what you uh, what were you going to do about it? Well, <laughs> I, uh, I giggle. I giggle because Dante was in the middle of this whole story, too. It was kind of fun. I uh, so I was literally, I think he went on Tony Kornheiser's show. Warren Sapp went on Tony Kornheiser's show. Um, and they were talking about the chances of New England going on to win a Super Bowl or something like that. And Warren Sapp made the comment about me um, personally that I couldn't block either one of those two guys. And sure enough, Woody went down. I go in and he says this the very next week. So we have to play uh, Indianapolis, play in the Super Bowl. But through that run, um, or that next morning when I when I had my phone blew up, people all over the country were calling me like, hey, Warren Sapp's calling you on a national TV, blah, 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 blah. Well, the greatest piece of advice I ever got was from Dante Skarnacchia. I walked in at like 6.30 in the morning the day after this aired because this aired at like 4 or 5 o'clock on a Tuesday or something like that. And I remember walking in, and Dante goes, hey, come here. Brings me into his office, sits me down, he looks at me, and he goes, listen, I heard what was said, blah, blah, blah. And uh, how are you going to handle this? And I said, well, what do you mean? I said, people say things all the time, you know, Bob. He goes, nope, that's not how you're going to handle it. You're going to handle it this way. He said, you're going to keep your mouth shut. You're going to go out and play your butt off. And all of us have your back. So when the media ask any questions, avoid, 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 and don't even bring it up because there's nothing good that can happen. If you, if it, if it goes well, you're going to look great in the end. If you open your mouth and you give up a sack, they're going to make fun of you. And sure enough, that whole week, it was the hardest thing. People would come up to my locker and try and talk to me. And I just kept my mouth shut, kept my mouth shut. And sure enough, and Christian may remember this, we go down to the Super Bowl and go into media day, and Warren Sapp tried to interview me standing on the on the floor uh, in the stadium for media day. And I basically looked up, and I was like, oh. And I said, I will take no more questions, and I walked away. And then the rest of the story plays out. We never gave up a sack through the entire playoffs or Super Bowl. And uh, I think I won that. Oh, yes. I never heard. That's a great story because I didn't really. I think because I always thought it was understood basically that, you know, any outside noise directed at any individual should be met with the same kind of silence. Right. And, And we'll handle this on the field, so to speak. But Dante actually brought you in. Because it was going to be a big story, he knew well, you know, enough to at least like bring it up with you. Because what was your what was That's your correct. natural what was your you know original f- 
thought was to be like, Warren Sapp is a chump. You know, who is he to call me out? He's not even playing in this game. Was there any any part of you, your corn-fed, big Nebraska butt, that said that this is what I should do? Well, thank you, Christian. I hope my butt is not as big as it was when I played it anymore, but I appreciate it. <laughs> no, seriously, on a uh, on a serious note, uh, oh, I was I went to bed. I don't think I slept that night when I heard it. I was angry. Yeah. I was like, who and what? You know, I came in as a rookie, so I was a drafted rookie into Tampa. So, of course, they those guys were a vaunted defensive line when I was in Tampa. So I, I had practiced against them and obviously oh. lost a lot of snaps and reps. So uh, I don't deny that. I was a young guy learning to get in the league. And uh, so that's what his memories of me were. Well, now you fast forward almost two years and – um, as a player, and I, I certainly, I think I did. I'm pretty sure I did. I ended up playing 12 years, so I got better as I went and uh, could hold my own. And and so, but that night when I heard that, I was like, yeah, I was mad. And I was, and you know, the first thing that comes to your mouth is like, I don't know who you are and why you're talking to me that way. Uh, obviously, he's in the Hall of Fame. I'm not. Um, but uh, he was a great player. I don't deny that at all. But uh, I, I think the way that it worked out and us not giving up a sack and doing those things and winning that through the end of the playoffs and the Super Bowl, uh, I think we answered all of his questions and what other people thought about it as well. Uh, uh, see, I'm taking the high road, Christian. I'm no, totally I, I think it's uh, – no, I think it's uh, – believe me, I have my issues with Warren Sapp. I would have been much more, I guess, aggressive <laughs> with my point of view with him. But, no, I thought – Listen, you did a great job. Uh, now, I sat on this little nugget. Actually, it's a lie, Russ. Uh, somebody sent it in on our Twitch chat, and I want to end it with this because this really would be the kind of question that Fourier would probably ask you, but I have a funny feeling your acting chops were on point. One of our Twitchers says, uh, Russ Hochstein, born in Hartington, Nebraska, a graduate of Cedar Catholic High School, where he was an award-winning performer in school plays. Tell us about your summer stock, Russ. I had a little chop. I got some chops, buddy. I got some acting chops. I can pull it off. And I did. Well, <laughs> what, school, what role, what did, role did you play? I played a the commander in the birds. We did a play called the birds. And uh, I did the commander in it where I literally had an army hat on, body, like, camouflage clothes and uh stand up there and i was probably six foot three my senior year of high school so it was easy to stand up on a big platform and yell at a bunch of these birds that are standing down there acting in their roles and uh i guess the audience got a big kick out of it and i was kind of in and out of the play doing that personality and uh yeah that's where i was and uh see christian you're not the only one who can i i may have a face for radio um but you know, I can still act if if, Listen, if I was on TV. I, I can I tell, tell you that. what, one of my favorite players of all time. And real quick before we let you go, um, did you actually have any choice? Like, if you're born and raised in Nebraska, like, what is it like getting recruited by Tom Osborne, then actually getting to play for Nebraska? Like, was that like you just like Dr- dream come true? Total dream come true. No, there was no. And did you have a choice? I mean, and, and, and... <laughs> You're born into yeah, the family, guess, damn it. It's like you got jumped in when you were like is. three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you pretty well just nailed it. I mean, that's uh, you are uh, 
as we like to say, well, you, you listen to all those guys from Ohio State, all those guys. Like, listen, you are it is born into your DNA and your culture in a small town in Nebraska that that's where you wanted to play. And obviously, Christian, you were in the part of the Big 8 and the Big 12 when I was there. It was special, and, and there was always either a Colorado team, a Nebraska team. See, I'm giving you a little credit too, Christian. Go. That okay. was always in the hunt for the national title. And so, the, you know, people looked at us as we were, we were the primo, you know, conference back then. And so, you know, from a small town, I never knew anything else other than Nebraska. So uh, there was no questions at all. But when you are, you, you as a kid, a high school kid, and, and a phone rings and it's Tom Osborne, you're like, oh, my God, is this really happening? Like, it, it's like you're starstruck, you know, because Tom, he had his own personality and, and his own resume behind him with all the years of winning and and things like that. So absolutely it was a dream come true. And uh, I, 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 I redshirted Christian, so I did my four and a half years, and I wished I could have stayed 10. I had so much fun in college. And, uh, of course, we were winning and beating up on the Colorados and Kansas. All right, that's enough. Iowa oh, State look at the world. time. We got to go. Oh, look at that. Oh, we got we to gotta sell some soap. But it was the, awesome. The truth <laughs> is never mean, Christian, as our guy Andy Hart would say. Uh, Russ Hoekstein. Russ, this has been a blast. Yeah, it was great. I, this was so much One fun. One of my favorites. I haven't had a chance to talk to Russ in a while, and I've always said uh, widest shoulders on a human that I've ever seen. And and I'm a large – you and I are large people. But good grief. I mean, Russ, <laughs> I appreciate it, Grash. Russ, I appreciate he it. He was a big dude. Russ, thanks, man. We thanks, appreciate buddy. it. Uh, and uh, by the way, you're booked for the uh, 04 look back oh, next year. This guy's killing me. I'm in. I'm in. Oh, there I love goes. it. There All we right. go. Hey, Russ, thanks, buddy. We appreciate it. Uh, Russ Oakstein, there you go. You said it right.